This is In the Locker Room with Wolf and Starks, presented by your neighborhood Ford store on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. Welcome, everybody. We throw open the doors to the locker room. It's a beautiful day. We got sunshine out. I mean, there's sun everywhere. I love that. You know, it's a little cool, a little cold. Got some of that good Canadian air blowing down here, you know, and it's getting a little bit frosty. But I see my man, Max, you've got the sun poking up in the valley of the sun down there in Phoenix. But what a good deal it is to wake up in your own house, in your own bed, and like go, okay, all things are good. You know, absolutely, Wolf. That That, that is a key thing. And I look at it and, you know, the sun's coming off of kind of the southern point of Four Peaks right now. It's I mean, it's Ooh. a beautiful sight. And, you know, like you said, having your own bed nearby is always a great creature <laughs> comfort. I love when your I love when your little girls come by to give daddy a kiss in the morning. They're so cute, man. And that's yeah, that's a great time I mean, of the morning. Yeah, no, and that, that's what makes it special, and that's why I'm like, yep, that's that's why I do all that I do. <laughs> Boom, right there. That's, that's, Those two. that's what daddy does. That's what daddy oh. does. You got it. All right, welcome, everybody, to the locker room. We appreciate you checking in with us and what a joy it is to be here. You know, it's funny because I was thinking about it this morning. I'm thinking, you know the thing I love about radio, Max? Because you, you, you could do both radio and TV. I mean, I got the face for, for radio. I mean, let's face it, okay? But what's nice about radio you got you can wear roll out of the bed clothes. You know you can um, you hang out with friends talking like you and me. You know about our favorite team and our favorite sport. Um, we're getting paid for it, and generally there's like free food around too that you can like get to. So I mean, what's not to like? You know. Well, you know, and and that's the eternal struggle, right, of radio versus TV for me because it's like I, I I enjoy talking. Right and, and 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 TV, you have to be very measured and concise. True. So I I enjoy efficiency. It's a challenge mentally. <laughs> Word economy um, is the phrase. Word economy. Th- there it is. Word economy. <laughs> the economical use of words. And the other thing is, they they usually have catering for TV. And oh, see, it's, yeah. It is food spreads for radio. The one thing, the one equalizer that always is a tough is a tough draw. It's the suit. Oh it's yeah, a suit for, a suit for TV, and like you said, freewheeling, just wear. I got a dry fit shirt on and shorts. <laughs> um, usually, a, you know, a polo. What when we do broadcast, just because we want to look like adults when we're walking around. In the true, true. Um, but yeah, that that that's the one thing. The the the, the clothing outfits like. You get okay. TV must be a suit. Has to be suited and booted, <laughs> and ready to rock and roll. You know, but yet radio. I'm like, man, I can't wait to get back because that's what it is. Like when I do, like I'll do my game this week, um, Western Kentucky, and uh, Middle Tennessee State, right? And, uh, Bowling Green. Got to put on a suit. Oh yeah. You're gonna see me for exactly six and a half minutes of the total four hours of the broadcast. Six and a half minutes. Right. But in those six and a half minutes, I I need to make an impression to where you look and say, "Ooh, okay, that guy knows what he's talking about based off of that suit he's wearing." <laughs> yeah, my T sharp. <laughs> you know, I was doing the high school game of the week years ago, you know, and uh, local here with Fox with Rob King and everybody, you know, and, and they did a oh, nice production, yeah. you know, and we were in 
uh, I think where was it uh, McKee's Rocks? I think we were, um, and it, it it was a brutally hot day. And you got those those lights that in the in the booth, you know, that are all hot and everything. And there was no yeah. air conditioning, and they just it was like a ninety degree day. And I'm in a suit and tie, you know, and it's very discomfortable, right? So there I am, oh, and yeah. I'm like, okay, you got to do the opening hit. Well, then, you know, you're, you get going again. You take that jacket off, you know, and then, whoo, you know, I'm just sweating like crazy. Now the tie comes off, you know, and then you got the stage manager there is a, is a lady, right? And I, I said, you know, my dear, but I said, you might, you should get out of here because by the time we get down to halftime, I'm going to be in a, a t-shirt and boxers, you know, <laughs> it's going to be oh, bad. Yeah. This is bad. You're just sweating profusely. Oh, that was just terrible. No, th- so that so what happened to me in Western Kentucky, which is I, that's why I have not been to Western Kentucky since 2017 to call a game because <laughs> I refused. Um, is because myself and my play-by-play guy at the time was Ron Thulin. Okay, Ron Thulin. For a long time, was NBA on T on TNT like when they first started? Okay, back at yeah. So so Ron's like a, is an old time pro. Well, at WKU they don't have air conditioning. Ooh. in the in the press box, and it's like garage doors with like the glass slats. No, so the heat was magnifying in here, and they brought in like a dorm fan to try and bring some of the air from the hallway, and oh. we had we had sweated through our suits. Oh no! And Ron's not Ron's not a big guy, <laughs> but we but we literally were cooking in the booth, and I was laying on the ground because I thought I had a heat stroke. <laughs> like it, it, you know, it, it was like I was like, man, this is worse than two days. I was like, the sweat because the sweat wouldn't stop. No, like, it doesn't it just, stop when you're there. You it know, just kept yeah. going. And I'm like, even when I took like my jacket off, and then I mean, literally, my shirt it looked like a silk shirt by the end of it. <laughs> And then my jacket, you know, you know how hard it is to get sweat stains in a suit jacket? That's impossible. It's impossible. And I did it. I did it. Me and Ron both. We had to throw our suits out after, after, the, after that game. It was that bad. You know what's so funny about that, too? I was teamed with Rob Kang. You know who Kanger yeah. is, all right? So, Rob, the perennial pro, the never a hair out of place. He didn't. Look, he didn't even crack a, a sweat bomb on his forehead. I mean, not even a not droplet. Even a I'm sitting not there going, "How does that happen? How can you be so professional?" I'm sitting over here. I'm pulling my jacket tie off, my shirt off, stuff. I am yeah. sweating to death. I am going to be a puddle by the end of this broadcast. You, you know what I'm talking about. You ended up on the floor, Dad Gummit, and I got Rob yeah. King here. His hair is not even slightly mussed. I'm like, "Oh, come on!" He's like the Jimmy Johnson of, of broadcasters. That's right. Cooler than the polar bear's toenail. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. Some people got it. Some don't. And uh, we don't. Uh, well, yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's well said. Well said, my friend. Before we launch into this, I just noticed, too, they got uh, Teresa Barley wrote about um, they're going to break out the color rush uniforms from Monday night. Now, Ooh. let me tell you, Max, this is, you know, we 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 got ripped off because color rush. Think how yeah. how slimming that would have been in our time frame. Oh, just think about that. Well, and just look how cool the combination is in general. Like I I'm like, why couldn't we get an all black with <laughs> with the gold highlights back when you and I played? I like, exactly. That, th- those are. I was like, I just wanted to play one game in it. I'm not asking to play my whole career, and I just. <laughs> <laughs> one game. 
<laughs> one game with the color rush unis. You know, it's funny. I remember Joey Porter used to used to come out with different combinations. He was like, he wanted the all gold, all gold with the black with the black numbers and and the, okay. and the black stripes. He wanted that because he was like, dude, this would be just a sweet because the gold version. It's not quite like mustard, right? Like like the Rams yellow right. is like is like is like mustard, like hot dog mustard, you know. But ours, because of the way the gold is, it would have looked cool. And I was like, dang it. So he would come out and practice, and he'd lobby for, we need an alternate jersey. <laughs> he'd walk out and practice, and the, you know. Because that's what the de- the defense kind of had, that kind of kind of, uh, kind of uh, color scheme when, when they would practice. So he w- he was like, this would be sweet. Just say he walked <laughs> just past, saying. He, uh, he, wa- he walked past Mr. Rooney. I'm just saying, Mr. Rooney, I mean, this is, this is a f- fresh combination. I mean, we're staying within the black and gold theme. It's just more gold than black this time around. Just saying, Mr. Rooney. <laughs> well, think about this. Now, we go back a number yeah. of years to your playing career, and you wore yeah. the Bumblebee jerseys. Listen, and we, you we made could, one of the most significant that. statements I've ever – and I've long remembered this because I interviewed you after the game for Steelers <laughs> TV or something. And what did yeah. you say to me, huh? Do you remember what you said? Yeah. Oh, yeah. No yeah. self-respecting fat guy with horizontal stripes. <laughs> <laughs> it was tremendous. That was one of the greatest interview moments of my life. And you just looked at me and you deadpanned that. And I laughed and laughed. And I remember we kind of go to break and I'm like still choking, laughing about that. It was just too funny. But it's true. Think about it. You got yeah. these color rush. Oh, we would have looked so slim and fast. Boom. The Steelers are 6-1 oh. and one in their color rush uniforms. Boy, oh, boy, what a, you know. And then there we are. You got the horizontal. I had the big block, the white, just, you know, straight up. Wow. Yeah. Wow. And then, and then, no, and then the Bumblebee had those big rectangles on it with your numbers. <laughs> That's the true. Cut out. Yeah. When you, when you have big rectangles that are sewn on, it removes the elasticity of the actual <laughs> uniform. So you can't – it's not – only places elastic is right on the sides. And you Casey Hampton. Hamp had to get extra spandex sewn in the side of it because once you got it on, you could not get it off. Oh. Extra oh, spandex. Man. Yeah, exactly. It's like, yeah, yeah, hey, hey, give, give, me, give me a little extra in the middle. Give me a little extra in the middle. It's like I'm – Instead of me being a regular Oreo, I want to be a double-stuffed Oreo today. I, I need that much spandex. Double-stuffed Oreo spandex. <laughs> Casey was – he was such a – I you know, I don't even know how to describe him. He was such an anomaly. You know, I remember Tunch one time up at training camp. He said to Casey, he goes, Casey, he goes, uh, what do you weigh? He goes, what do you think I weigh? And Tunch goes, I don't know, what, 350? And then he said, Casey looked like he was insulted. <laughs> <laughs> like, he looked at yeah. Dutch. He said, "He said that's well, the best three hundred and fifty pounds you ever saw." <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was yeah. so Hamp good. Was one of a kind. Casey oh. Hampton is one of a kind. I mean, because like he's such a good, you know, person. But then right. he's an excellent player. And then there's that balance where he doesn't necessarily, you know, like he's not like overly like you know mean like you'd expect. But at the same time, he also doesn't really like care as much. Like he's just cool breeze. Like yes. just nothing bothers him. He never gets overly, you know, worked up about anything, unless you pull his face mask. That's the one thing. That's right. The one. 
Okay, so we know something yeah. that set the tiger off in him. Yep. Yeah, but I mean, but other than that, he was just so like just chill, which which was amazing. Yeah, for as aggressive as he was <clears throat> on the field. That's the thing that amazed <laughs> yeah. me. He was so aggressive. I think you're exactly right, and you nail it. He was so aggressive, and yet, you know, I never saw him in a, in a bad mood. I don't think. You know, I'm sure he's. <laughs> of course, he was. But I mean, things happen. But yeah. you know, even when. Back in the day, I had my gym, and he came into the gym, and we did a Steelers TV thing where I was kind of interviewing him. I had him in the ring and was holding mitts, and he was punching. And he was just laughing and joking. And, it, you know, it was really kind of uh, remarkable that he, you know, he had that disposition for that position, and he was so good at it. Yeah, well, and not only is he good at it, but but he's also a person that, like he's he's he he's a he's a very deep thinker, right? He, he's a great conversationalist, which you would not expect. True. Well. Yes, I found so, that out. Yeah. So it's like it's like he just he just like is like uh, yeah yes I am strong yes you cannot move me, but guess what I enjoy life like and he truly and even to this day I mean like when you call Casey, nothing's changed. Time never stops. Like we, you pick up right where you left off with Casey. Wow! Because he's a great friend, but he's still just happy. So, so yeah. No, Casey's awesome. Well, that's great. Well, does he have a restaurant down in Houston? I mean, that's where he's at, right? Yeah, he's in Houston. He, he Casey has so many things going. He oh has my! Like a little. He has a lounge spot, a restaurant, some other stuff. I mean, he has he has a bit of everything, and he just. But yet, once again. He's good at he just has naturally he's he's good at everything. Yeah. So so it is you know, his spots are successful and he has he has no troubles, no worries. You know, I was laughing because for whatever reason, you know, talking about Casey's success business wise and just doing well, it, it made me laugh because I just heard an interview the other day with Shaquille O'Neal. And Shaquille Shaq goes, I tell my kids, um, we ain't rich. He says, I'm rich. <laughs> He goes, you, you're not rich. You need to go to school. You need to get your business degrees. And then if you want to start a business, you need to bring your business plan to me and I'll decide whether or not I want to invest. But I loved what he said. He goes, we ain't rich. I'm rich. You ain't rich. I'm rich. You know, he's telling his kids. He wanted his kids. But it just reminded me of Casey because Casey strikes me in that sort of personality and his business acumen and whatever he's doing. Yeah, no, no, yeah. It, it, that, that's one of the, and that's one of the great things. I, you know, I love Shaq, and he's been one of the guys that I've always looked up to because you know, growing up as a kid in Orlando, when he came in '92, right. I was in the fifth grade. And by the way, he's one uh, of the few people you have to look up to at six eight versus his seven two or four or whatever it is. That that is also true. That <laughs> is also true. Uh, but yeah, but I mean, because Shaq endorses everything. I mean, he does everything. He's involved in everything. And you know that he had he had a show. I think it's on TNT. Was his Shack show? And yeah, that's one of the things he says. He's like, no, no, no. My kids aren't rich. I, I'm the rich one, and I will I will determine if if they actually become successful. So, you know, it, it's a cool thing when parents have that trying to instill that mindset in, in their kids at an early age. You know, mine know that too. As I'm looking at mine, <laughs> she's all of her stuff. <clears throat> yeah, but yeah, she's ready yeah. to go. Yes, she is. She is. She she had a, she got a day off yesterday. She was she was not she was not moving as spryly. So we we're like, eh, let's hold back. Yeah, give her a day. Very good. At this this time of year, you don't want 
anything to escalate to something else, you know, because it's cold and flu season. So I'm like, nope, keep her, let her rest up, and we'll be good. (laughs) (laughs) All right, we're going to go to break. You know what? That's a great open, though. I like the fact that you, uh, we, we, that's like ping pong. We just bounced all over the place in that opening segment. Beautiful. Uh, Yeah. Yeah, we're going to get back to football, we'll guys. We'll get back Don't to worry. football. There you go. <laughs> you heard it from him. It's Wolf Starks and the Ninjas in the locker room, ESPN Pittsburgh, Steelers Nation Radio. This is In the Locker Room with Wolf and Starks, presented by your neighborhood Ford store on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. If you tuned in yesterday, you heard the Mike Tomlin press conference, which uh, is always, I enjoy it because, you know, Mike is giving a message, but he's also giving a message to his players as well. Max, you know that much better than I do, that the message and the words that he speaks, it's not just... It's not an entertainment thing about it, in, but he does have a un, very unique way of getting his message across. But it is a message to his players as well, is it not? Oh, it, it's complete subliminal language. <laughs> it's, com- it's complete in that respect that he's like, listen, I, 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 hear, I hear what you're saying, media. I hear your questions. But here's what I want to tell my players who are also going to be listening and reading this and hearing about it through social media and every other outlet. Yeah, y'all still need to do the job. <laughs> you know, it's, it's funny. Like, I, if you're going to read a press clipping, I hope you read this one because this one's not going to make you feel feel good about yourself. It's going to make you continue to strive. <laughs> right, exactly yeah. so. I always remember when I was talking, I was sitting around Lawrence Timmons. He was sitting with some sports writers, I can't remember, when he was very young, uh, second year in the league or something like that, or first year in the league, I can't remember. But I remember Mike breezing by, and he stopped briefly, and he looked at Lawrence, and he said, remember, under under promise, over deliver. That's all. You know, and I mean, that was that teaching moment, which Mike always seems to be involved in teaching moments. One of the reasons I think he's such a phenomenal head coach, because one of the things about Chuck Knoll was he was a teacher before he was a coach. As far as and you know the way he he did things, he was he he taught football, but he taught life as well. And I think that uh, is one of the things that is stand out about Mike. And again, you would know better than I because you you've been in those rooms. Well, and I I think the other biggest thing is you know this still brings me back to right him getting considered for that USC head coaching job. You know, it, it was like no, he's a teacher of men. You know, yeah. he he's not he's not because I think a college coach is a shepherd. Right, you shepherd young, you, you know, right. boys, and you create, and you you shepherd them to manhood. He need, Mike Tomlin is beyond that part. He's yeah. long, he's long moved from the from the shepherd aspect, and he's a true leader of men. Right, I mean, I think that's where the big difference is, and why you can't go back to that because there is no immaturity at this level that you really have to deal with. Now, granted, you can read. Recent headlines that say different, but right, you know, there's a more of a maturity because this is a business at this point, and a president of a company is not going to go back and become a principal of a school. Good point. <laughs> yeah. Excellent point by you. Yeah. So, so no, he he he's he's awesome at those teaching points. Like I said, he gives you those phrases that stick in your mind even to this day. All right, here's one I'm going to give to you, all right? Because, you know, obviously there was a lot of conversation about Melvin Ingram, the fact that he got traded to Kansas City for a sixth-round 2022 draft pick. Um, 
You know, uh, there's people that say, well, why why did the Steelers do that? There's not like there's a whole lot of depth behind it. But, you know, I, he, he has one of those great quotes. He said, it, it's better to have volunteers as opposed to hostages. And I think that says everything about it. I mean, you can sit there and speculate, okay, his snap count went down. Um, you know, he was not getting – the fact of the matter was, I think, and I, I – Never met Mel Ingram. I hear high words of praise by everybody. Got all the respect in the world for him and his game and that he is a pro. But as I view it from afar, my only thought process is when you hear a statement like that and then you hear uh, or you see what happened on the field, I think he came here thinking that he could beat out Alex Highsmith. You know, I mean, T.J. Watt and Melvin Ingram sounds like, you know, two pro bowlers, uh, one former pro bowler, one current. Um, that seems to be a, a match made in heaven, wouldn't you think? Well, and a pair of first-round draft picks. Like, it looks good on paper. Right. You know, I, I think that's the other thing. And you have to understand, like, you know, and, and, and I played with Mel in San Diego uh, when he was a rookie, when he first got to San Diego. Um, or I should say then San Diego, now in yeah. L.A. Uh, right. To be to be correct, journalist but, for the point for the sake of journalistic integrity. Always, always <laughs> keep the integrity first. Um, you know, and, and I mean, it's just you know, it's a pride thing for any for any player, right? If you're gonna move positions, and you and I both know this, like when you go somewhere else, you, you know, if you were a starter, like I expect to continue to be a starter. Um, in my head, that's what I'm expecting when I come here. I'm here to do the job. And if I do that job, I feel better. So I should be rewarded for that. Or if you see something in me and I'm doing more reps, I deserve to be that guy the next time around. And I never forget, for me, is when I went to, obviously, another place that's no longer there, then St. Louis Rams, mm. um, after San Diego. By the way, know, did remember- you keep your helmets? Because, you know, you can get a good collection of helmets if you hang out there long enough. You see, the problem was I got cut when I did not know that I could I could steal my helmet. Oh man, so, you rookie! So, so, man, I know, you know. I know. It was a, once again, Wolf. You didn't tell me. You didn't give me a heads up. Should have gave you should, a heads up. Should have sent me a text or something. <laughs> written me a letter. I don't know. Um, to hey, keep your helmet. Yeah. That would have been cool. I mean, it would have been cool to have the, the old Rams horn helmet. Because they changed the color scheme now. Yes, so exactly. So that, you would have had one that was, gold. yeah. That would have been like. Yeah, it would have been a retro. Absolutely. It, it then be a throwback or alternate jersey. All right. Um, let me let me break yeah. in quickly before we pass this point. Because what do you think about a guy? All right. You're my lifelong buddy, Chaluch, Tanchokin, 41 yeah. years, right? Hanging out. So I end up, I go to Minnesota at the end of my career, right? He says, yeah. hey, I want a Minnesota helmet. So what do you do? You get a helmet. You send it to your bud. You know, and I said, yeah. now, now, remember, if you, you know, if this, if anything changes, you go somewhere else, I get a helmet too. He's like, yeah, no problem. He goes, he, the next year, he goes to Green Bay. I'm like, okay, I'm going to get a Packer helmet, right? Did yeah. I get one? No, Absolutely none, not. nothing, nothing. I mean, how does that work? What kind of friendship is that? Tree. You're the giving tree at that point. <laughs> you know, we yeah. all remember that story. I didn't get my <laughs> Packer helmet, that gummit. Yeah, exactly. And look at this. I have, I have. I'm gonna show you. Look, look. Oh yeah, I see. I have an Oregon helmet from one of the kids I trained. Oh, get I out. An Oregon. I got an Oregon helmet, and I was like, yes. But I was like, get, get. Guess if I call my my university and ask for another one of my helmets. As a it, it's not gonna happen. 
Not going to happen. So that's why you see a Steelers <laughs> helmet in here. Right. And, you, and an Oregon helmet because I did not get one of my Florida helmets that I wanted. <laughs> I will tell you this. I did give back um, Kevin Green. God bless yeah. him before he passed away, you know, uh, when he was uh, into the Hall of Fame. But years ago, I was skiing out west at this fundraiser. Uh, uh, one of the Miami Dolphins had up in Montana, you know, and they had a fun charity fundraiser for the loggers who didn't have any insurance and their kids didn't have any hospitalization stuff and that. So he was he raised money for him and um, it, great guy. And and so back then I bought Kevin Green's helmet at a, at, at a auction they had, you know, going on there. So I, I had it in my gym for years, you know, 20 years hanging out. Then Kevin goes to the Hall of Fame and I contacted Kevin. I go, hey, look, man, I got this helmet. Do you, what do you think? Do you want it? You know, because he 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 would finish with the Steelers. He didn't have his Rams helmet. It was a Rams helmet, you know. Yeah. And so um, he he actually donated money to a charity that I was going to auction off the the helmet to. But uh, he yeah. and I sent it to him, and it was really cool. He said he loved it. I, he when I gave him the helmet, he's like looking at all the dents and scars on it, and it's like yeah. he was remembering all the dents and scars. I'll bet you can take that Steelers helmet and remember the dents and scars right behind oh, you there, and look at man. that. I mean, look at I still have the mouthpiece. Oh, See, my mouthpiece yeah. I wore in there, but yeah, you're right. All the scars. Yep, the all on this the top helmet. of the seven is ripped off. That looks good. It, it, it's ripped off. I mean, this is actually my Super Bowl forty three helmet. Oh, that is fabulous! So I, so I still got the Gene Upshaw patch on the right. back of it and everything. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I, look, there, there's even scratches on the side and. Yep, exactly. <laughs> we get ear hold from other. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it's just the, the helmets tell a story, and it's just such a uh, such a such a special thing because you know those scars are earned, and every year they recondition the helmet, right? You know, right. They, they get it polished up and it looks clean and brand new. But I'm like, no, those cars tell a story. And that journey, that was a heck of a journey that year. <laughs> I would say that was one heck of a journey, brother. That's no yeah. doubt about that one. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. So, all right. <laughs> I keep flipping, going off off target here. But here's the thing about it. When you get a guy like Mel Ingram and you say, um, okay, we want to bring you in. And Mike Tomlin also prefaced this by saying this is part of the problem of free agency that there is an issue there with free agency. Because when you get a young guy, for instance, the Steelers drafted you right out of Florida, right? You come in there and they deal with you as a young man growing through all the going, the growing pains and everything else. But there is a, um, there's no awkwardness in un- misunderstanding each other's intentions when you go out on free agency. You might say, yeah, Melvin Ingram, yeah, you know, we're going to bring you in and we're going to split the reps up. But, you know, you have the opportunity to compete for that job. And in, in Ingram's mind, it's like, I'm a pro bowler. The other guy is T.J. Watt. Okay, so I got a young buck I'm competing against. I'm better than. And he maybe came in with the attitude, I'm going to take all the reps or I'm going to get more and more reps as we go along because I'm going to win this job. I got one-year contract, free agency coming up at the end of the year, so I want to make sure that I'm viewed as a starter or starter capable, uh, you know, and going out on the market. And I think that's where maybe some of this, you know, you, you kind of misread each other's intentions. Yeah, I mean, it, it's a it's a tough balancing act, right, because – you come in, you're like, hey, listen, I know I'm going to insert uh, into a great defense, right, if you're the free agent. And you come into a game or a team thinking, okay, listen, get in where I fit in. 
but if I fit in and it feels good, it fits like a glove, then <laughs> yep. you know there should be some more opportunities for me. I think that's what Mel Ingram came in like, hey, I'm just going see if I can fit into this system. And if I do, good, because I think I can play in this system. Well, he does, and he does, but at the same time, you misjudge the talent or where your standing is because the guy who was drafted there versus the guy who gets signed there are two different things. There's right. two different distinct differences. And there was a lot of upside. You came in for depth. That's the one thing you have to realize. They have starters there. Yes, Bud Dupree did leave. But the reason why Bud Dupree left was because of a guy by the name of Alex Highsmith. So, Melvin Ingram, when you come in, you're not coming to really compete for that job. You're there to complement that job. <laughs> Good point. Big difference that, between the two. That's a, big, that, that's a big difference. And I think that's also the way either the agent sold it to, to his player when he was doing his tour, tour to teams right? Um, versus the player actually having that conversation and figuring out what, what is, is truly his role when he comes in here. You know, it makes you think, compliment or compete. The words are very similar, but what a difference. It's like a pat yeah. on the back versus a kick in the butt. Very, It's only about 18 inches apart, but what a difference between the two, huh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely right. That C-O-M-P with the period. Is open for interpretation. <laughs> <laughs> What's not open is we're going to go to break. All right, Max, hang in there, buddy. We'll be back. we got the numbers, 412-919-1316. If you want to get on this uh, free floating locker room discussion today, uh, we'll be back with more right after this. This is In the Locker Room with Wolf and Starks, presented by your neighborhood Ford store on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. Welcome back, everybody. It's Wolf, Starks, and the Ninjas in the Locker Room, ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. And by the way, the newest ninja is attentive and playing around with dials. And, you know, I can see Jacob's in there, and you got this, you know, one guy reaches for a knob, the other one, no, don't touch that, you know? <laughs> That's yeah. the schooling of ninjas going on right now. Don't hit the red button, group. Don't hit the red button. <laughs> exactly. Oh, you got to love those guys. They're the ones that keep us functioning and in between the white lines, my friend. There's no yes, doubt about do. it. Okay, so when we left off, we were talking again a little bit about Mel Ingram and everything going on there. And one of the things that uh, Mike also talked about which I think is important, is is the play because it was not done in a vacuum. Um, Taco Charlton came out, and I think you said it best. It wasn't Taco Tuesday. It was Taco Sunday. <laughs> he got a – you know, he, he was involved. He had about 10 snaps. But Mike says, look, I had to see him playing the game, basically. I had to see what he was capable of doing. And the fact is Taco Charlton – has got some value that can be brought out. And I always think of this. You know, Max, there's something about that Steelers locker room and the Steelers organization that um, captures your attention, and it's something like you better be serious when you when you come here. You know, you better be a serious person, uh, performer, someone intent on getting better. And I think for a guy like Taco Charlton, a guy like Cam Hayward is a perfect fit for a little mentoring if you know, if you will. Well, yeah, I, I think I think that's the big thing is is you want to see what a guy could do, especially when you're considering what was on the precipice, right? You you had you had the the trade deadline coming, right? It's like, okay, is this something we can work with? Or is it something that's untenable? Um, you know, as far as the situation, we got to figure out if this guy can fit into the system, and 
you saw him pick up some things like coming in on those three linebacker sets, three outside backer sets, I should say. Right. <laughs> nah. Yeah. Um, but he he continued to prove that okay, I can I can kind of do this. I can work in your nickel package as an extra guy playing the interior kind of twist guy in a lot of things because they weren't going to straight rush in those situations. But you know, let's see how we go. Let's see how we we work with this. And I thought he he flowed and fit in. He didn't stick out. You know, like a sore thumb, but he also right. didn't stick out like like the golden thumb either. I mean, he kind of fit right into the system, absorb the block, kind of affect the passing lanes. You know, I thought one of the big adjustments, you know, that Mike Tomlin came on the sidelines, I remember walking past, you know, behind the bench and looking at the defense like, hey, they're going to be using the quick game and the short game. Get your hands up. Right. And the guys started getting their hands up and Good affecting point. the passing lane. You know, and and he fit right on in with that. So I thought I thought that was like one of those things that you take the coaching on the fly, and I thought he did that and tried to execute that to the best of his ability. So, you know, it, it's going to be a work in progress. I mean, he's going to be situational. I mean, we know where the lion's share of the, of the snaps are going. Exactly. Um, you're you're there in relief of. You're not there in spite of. <laughs> you know? What was it? Compete. Or compliment. That was the – There it is. Yes, exactly. Well, you know no, your role. Ex- you know, and that's true. And one of the things I thought that, um, you know, Mike spoke about and what I always enjoy when you listen closely to Mike and he talks, you know, the things that he reveals, some of the things he's thinking about, um, that you know, he, he the process that he's undergoing. And one of them simply is, you know, the fact when he says he's – played with his hand down on the ground as a 4-3 defensive end. He's played as a stand-up linebacker, but he's played over the tight end. He's been heavy. He's one of those guys that is heavy-handed, which is a, you know, it's it's really uh, Tomlin-esque in that this is a guy that can jam and stay strong at the line of scrimmage, play the point, be able to come off and do the things necessary that you want to do if you're going to be part of, you know, this defense. And, you know, a heavy-handed guy is a guy that <laughs> – you you better be if you're going to play up front. That's just the way it is. If you're on the line of scrimmage at any point, hands must be stone. Oh yeah, not pillows. You can't have <laughs> pillow hands. No, nobody nobody wants pillow. Pillow hands are good for this, for going night night. <laughs> but stone hands are to put you to night night. <laughs> you know, this this reminds me. I, you got to forgive me, but you know, I, this is what old guys do. I remember growing up in Buffalo, New York, Orchard Park, New York, watching the Buffalo Bills, and in the '60s, you know, the Bills were AFL champions and stuff like that. They were great players before the merger of the uh, AFL and NFL. But I remember that uh, after the merger in the early '70s, um, Ron McDowell was a defensive end for the. Buffalo Bills, and they asked, I forgot who the offensive tackle was from the Washington Redskins that played against him. They said, what was it like playing against Ron McDowell? He said it was like playing against a big, fluffy pillow. <laughs> oh, my and I'm like, God. I remember that all this time later from the early <laughs> 70s. It's like playing against a big, giant, fluffy pillow. I'm oh like, oh, oh that's not good. <laughs> that's not a compliment in football. That's not a compliment. Maybe if you're dating a girl, it's nice to hear that every once in a while. But then you're like, wait a second. I need to go work out. You're saying I'm fat. Uh, but when you hear from another man in competition, that's even worse uh, to hear as as a descriptor. <laughs> I just laugh so much about that. So you got – all right, we got Taco Charlton. You also got Derek Tus- – wait a minute. Let me get it right. Tuska. Tuska. Uh, you know what? Uh, yeah. Okay, thank you. I, I, I don't, you just bailed you saw me the out. SZ. 
You saw the SC. I did. It makes you. Yeah, that's it. You want to go Tuska. Yeah, exactly. Tuska. Okay. Tuska. The Z is silent. Derek Tuska. So we got Derek (laughs) Tuska also who, you know, again, he wasn't the golden thumb, nor he was sticking out like a sore thumb. He was one getting through his his reads and, and productively applying some reps. They are what I would refer to as rest reps for Alex Highsmith and for T.J. Watt, and that's about as much as yeah. you can get or expect from those sorts of guys. Yeah, and T and T.J. was was full board. I mean, there was a couple times where T.J. like tapped his head, like, "Hey, I need to get out." And he was like, "You know, you know, when you get really tall." Yes. And hands get perfect on your hips like a statue, right? Like an Emmy Award or an Oscar or something. You know, he, <laughs> you're doing that. I mean, TJ was doing it because TJ was was trying to burn up field, and you know, I think that was the one thing. Like cause Jack Conklin coming off an injury, so right? Jack was rested and energized, but then once he went down and he saw Blake Hans, TJ was like, "Oh, um, <laughs> fresh meat, blood in the water, <laughs> blood in the water. Let's go, boys." <laughs> And he went to work on him, and he did not come out because he knew, hey, listen, if I want to affect this game, it's going to be straight through 62's number. <laughs> and he went exactly. straight through 62 he plenty did. of times. <laughs> All right, now, since you brought up the suck and win type of thing, okay, here's yes. something I learned last offseason, not this past one, but the one before that. I came across a, a study, an actual report that was done, and I will tell you this. Coaches have been lying to us for years, absolutely lying to us for years. There's a study out there. They went and they actually got a control group and everything else and did all this study, and it was funded and everything else, to find out that the best way to recover in between plays is with your hands on the knees. You know, where you're bent over, you're sucking wind, looking at your shoe tops, you know, when they tell you, stand tall, oh, stand tall. Don't show that you're, you're, you've got any weaknesses. Don't show that, you know, you're tired. No, the best way to recover, the most efficient, productive way to recover is bent over, looking at your shoe tops and breathing like a horse at a racehorse. I mean, for crying out loud, they've been lying to us, Max. Well, yeah. Well, I mean, they said the fresher air is the higher up. Well, I, I'm not in heaven yet, so I guess I'm not going to get fresh air. I'm I'm only six feet eight inches from the ground versus somebody that might be six three three inches. I'm like, if I go down to six foot one, I don't think the air is going to be any different. Uh, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Exactly. <laughs> that, but then we got a study. Coach. We got a study. So the next time somebody bends <laughs> yeah. over and then you hear a coach say, "Stand tall," you go, "No, let him recover." Yeah. We there's an actual study done out there, funded by somebody who put money into that study. That's I can't. First of all, I can't believe you'd have a study about it. Well, well, I mean, it, it was probably for guys like us that argue with our coaches about whether we can bend over or not. It's probably, probably a disgruntled former athlete uh, that funded that study. Like, no, my, my lungs are just as elongated and willing to take air. <laughs> exactly so. Hey, Jacob, do we have time to take a call? Okay, let's get the Big John from Texas. Big John, let's come on into the locker room. We're having a lot of fun today. How you doing, Big John? Uh, good, good. Good guys, uh, doing real good this morning. Uh, it's hump day, so we're halfway through the week, uh, and I'm glad to hear everybody's all awake and ready to go. <laughs> and it seems like y'all are, you know, I mean, the discussion on Ingram. You know, I called earlier thinking, oh, he did good when he filled in for Highsmith, but like you said, when he wanted more playing time, and 
you know, he just didn't, it wasn't time for him. You know, he had, he knew what role he played, but that contract he signed with us is, uh, that's still paid by the Steelers or now it's some money that's freed up. I'm not too sure how that works, but I'm just glad to see that we're above 500 and kind of looking at the schedule. Hey, we could be back to, you know, another couple more wins against, uh, bears and lions. And, but, you know, like you said, just taking it game by game and, you know, trying to make sure that, uh, you know, that we support our Steelers going through and, uh, you know, have have faith in, uh, like, down here in Texas, we have uh, Greg Popovich, so it's in tr- in Pop we trust. So I'm like in uh, Tomlin we trust, I guess, in Pittsburgh. So that's what I kind of, you know, follow. And hopefully, you know, we'll, we'll be in the playoffs and everybody stays healthy going forward. Absolutely. You're Big welcome. John, I always meant to ask you, where, where in Texas are you from? I'm in Lockhart. I'm 30 miles south of Austin. Okay. All right. Yeah, we're barbecue capital of Texas. Okay, this is the conversation we had. Yes, what's the best barbecue (laughs) in Texas? Because we had this conversation before, and I have – oh, we got – Jacob says Frankie's barbecue. Max is – oh, Frank Lynn. Okay, Frank Frank Lynn. Lynn. Frank Lynn. In Austin, yes. Is that it? Yeah. Yeah. Well, well, I mean, they – you have to wait like three hours, and for big guys like us, we can can do damage in locker in three hours. So oh, I, I mean, I, we're, our our place is uh, Kreitz, Kreitz Barbecue. We have a pit master that has sideburns like Elvis Presley, <laughs> and uh, he's been there for over thirty years. You know, wow! Every day he's a worker. So yeah, barbecue. But yeah, Franklin's is uh, is well known in Austin. They came up in the last ten years, but you know we're big on barbecue, and uh, you know they just released their top 50 barbecue places and uh franklin's made it lockhart didn't this time around but you know sure enough uh you come here on the weekends or you know you'll find a line uh, you know people trying to get some good barbecue so wow so, yes sir big guys uh, <laughs> i'm starving already man <laughs> so you're saying i gotta yeah. drive to lockhart next time i come to san antonio that's what you're saying hey, yeah. you need to make the drive you know, I'll leave. yeah it's a, it's a good it's a small community we're like uh, well, down here is about less than fifteen thousand people, but you know we have like four barbecue places in in a fifteen thousand of you know people community. So yeah, it's uh, pretty good capita. down here. Beautiful. Yeah, and we're, we're just we're and we're just a uh, you know far drive you know like thirty minute drive away from Austin. So yeah, I've tried Franklin's and it's 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 good. But at the at the end of the day, you know how you kind of align yourself with your own community. It's like if you eating a you know sandwich from from Pittsburgh, you know where you're gonna go. <laughs> yes, Bramani. Yes, no doubt about it. So anything so, yeah, else, so Big John? We're no, we're yeah. good. Good to hear you. Like I said, we're getting momentum, getting uh, healthy, and uh, hey, I'm hope, hopefully we'll make a long run into the playoffs, and uh, hopefully. You know, we just stay healthy, and y'all stay healthy too. And we'll 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 keep on calling in and keeping up with y'all. All right, thank you, Big John. Appreciate you so God much. Bless you. God bless yes, Franklin's. That's thank the you. place to be, man. Oh man, I love barbecue, Max. I know you do too. You, I mean, you and me, we're gonna have to go slam some barbecue sometime. Oh yes, we do. We have to go slam some barbecue. I mean, l- l- listen, we already have what we ha- we 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 have we have a. Uh, 
a, a, a bro event where at Calientes because you know we can't right. call it dates. Right. Uh, no, we can't do it. Yeah, it's a bro event. <laughs> gotta, I like that. Yeah, a bro event. So we got to we got to do Calientes. We got to do what chicken wings too, right? Oh yeah. We do wings as they well. They have there. So yeah. Look, <laughs> Let, let, let's add barbecue to the mix. <laughs> Sounds not? good. All right. Yeah. We're, we're going to go to break. And when we come back, we're going to have the great Jim Wexel from Steel City Insider in the house, in the locker room, right here, ESPN 970, Steelers Nation Radio.